0: From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Worthless Servants podcast. I'm Scott Armstrong, and I'm here with you. This is a podcast that talks about culture and missions and healthy church. And we're going to do some of that today. We're going to have a a topic that I think is important, and I'm surprised we have not touched on uh, previously. But first, we need to introduce ourselves. Um, To my right is Natalie Franco. Hi. To my left is Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. And from Barbados, Reverend Dario Richards.
2: Hola. <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to introduce Dario first, so that I could try and copy whatever he did. But I, I didn't have the um, ability to hear it in my brain before he was able to say it himself. <laughs> we, we
1: might do that next episode, but I'm a little worried that, that, like, he can't be copied. I mean,
2: this is this is the,
1: the amazing. God broke
2: the mold after Dario was born, Is that what you saying? The
1: amazing Dario Richards. I mean, yeah, it just it's not going to happen. So the topic uh, today as we really think about missions, especially is called creative access. And now we're going to explain a little bit about what that is, but I guess we would just start and say, as we talk about missions, uh, here we are recording this in the Dominican Republic and in Barbados, these are two countries that it's, it's, it's okay to be a Christian. It's, uh, politically and, uh, socially and culturally, um, we have churches. We, uh, we we are able to have freedom of religion, we could say. Uh, but that's not the case in every place. And so uh, let's dedicate this episode to this. Natalie, maybe could you describe a little bit, what when we say creative access, why do we use those words? What does that even mean in, in, in our church?
3: Yes, we we're talking about areas that uh, tend to be resistant to the gospel, which means that the open proclamation of the gospel can be restricted and it requires a creative approach of the ministry and missions also it could be areas where the church of the Nazarene is officially registered with the government but um, thinking about like political social or even religious environment it might not always be conducive to christian outreach and church development
1: That's very good. Yeah. And and just to give a little heads up for those that are in the church of the Nazarene listening to this, that's more than 15,000 members. Now you won't see that online very much. You won't see, uh, we have such and such a number of churches in that place. You can't do that, but we do have internally some statistics, 15,000 Nazarene members, uh, more than 130 churches that have, that are fully organized in some of these places. Uh, we even have some ordained ministers, right? pastors. And, and and other people that are studying to be ministers in these places. But uh, Emily, as you think of creative access, even the term, why do we use that word? Why do we use that phrase?
2: Well, I think part of the... Um For people that maybe have never heard this topic before or have thought about, you know, even terminology or vocabulary, I think a piece that is important to even understand is the name derives from places where Christianity is not just like, there's not just a law against Christianity or like they don't want Christians there. It's because there's usually a major religious group that currently exists. And so I think sometimes we just think about like unreached people groups sometimes or people that are just like without any kind of compass spiritually. And that's not true. Um, Many, many of these places exist in um, the world areas where Hinduism is considered a main religion or where Islam is considered the main religion or where Buddhism is considered a main religion, and so there are political spaces that the government works to keep other religions out of those spaces because their political structure is based on religious experience. And so um, it's not always just about like, oh, well they don't want Christianity there. Well, it's because they're trying to protect their own spirituality and they're trying to protect their own religion. And so as we start to think about, so why would we call these creative access spaces? Because if you don't want somebody from another religion coming into your space, you have to be creative about sharing the gospel with them. And usually that comes through sending professionals into spaces. Um, It usually comes through Saying we have a, a gifting that we can use in order to teach, that we can come alongside yeah. people, um, that we're here to help your economy grow, that we will come and do some things that that are going that's going to literally help your nation. I think about the um, the story of Joseph, how he was sold into slavery, and I don't think he chose that path in life. <laughs> However, we could say that was an interesting way for God to get somebody from the people of God into Egypt at that point in time and became a creator. Of access person like everything that Joseph was doing was seen by another culture group another people group that had a different uh, God that were serving in different ways and And Joseph was blessed. And Joseph is the one that ends up coming up into the government system even. And so I think there's ways that God has shown us, even through his biblical story, that it's not just about us trying to think of the next strategy. It's that God does use gifting and graces of people all over the world in order to make his gospel thrive, even in spaces that politics would say, well, you can't be here.
1: You'll hear another term, uh, oftentimes that comes alongside creative access, and that's tent maker. Mm -hmm. And so, in missions, uh, in the missions realm, you'll hear that term, and it it really refers to Paul, who could not go into some of these places and just say, "I am, I am a a Jew, and I am a Christian, and I'm a follower of of the Most High God," and partly because he needed to work economically, financially, to make ends meet, to be able to uh, spread the gospel. And, and so he literally made tents. He literally did that. Well, a lot of times the creative way to gain access into another place is, is, is as a doctor, is as a teacher, uh, and many, many other things. Other, um, Professions, Dario, you've had so many contacts just through sports ministry and through through other things through our own denomination, of course. What does a what does a typical day in the life of a of a, a person, a missionary, a Christian that's in a in one of these creative access contexts look like? And 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 when that word, when you hear that phrase, what do you think of?
0: Yeah, so I actually love creative access. I think that's the best terminology that I hear um, when we think about uh, penetrating in some of these countries which are close to the gospel or for other reasons. Um, when you think about the day in the life of most of these people in these sports context, as you know, uh, many persons who, um, who go into these countries, they're going as coaches, um, sport coaches, they're going as club owners, some of them going as um, you know, when you get uh, sports team to a certain level, uh, sports psychologists—you know, persons who are operating in the world of sport—and um, some of them I know who would open businesses, entrepreneurs who start trading in some countries, whatever it is that they're producing. So when you look at the when you look at the life of these individuals, for the most part, like just observing, it looks like a normal working day. You know, they wake up, they go to work. Um, they do whatever it is that they that they uh, whatever the making you know, or the creative thing that they came up with to do they do it for their in the working day like everybody else. But what these people are really exceptional at they they are able to in, in the sports movement we refer to it as a person of peace you know uh, in general context like just the just it, it's not always somebody who is ready to be saved but somebody who's open to hearing the gospel and hearing more, they are incredible at identifying those people, um, being very clear of finding people who are either open to hearing the gospel or open to hearing more uh, about Christianity within their local context, and then crafting time in their schedules to connect and to meet with these people. Many times meeting with them is secret. Um, In some countries, uh, depending on the political structure, you can meet in public, but then there are some decisions and conversations you can't have there, and many of them just go underground and engage in uh, disciple making church, planting strategies. So, so it requires, as Emily was saying, a lot of creativity, and it also requires unique skills to be able to. Um, navigate in those cultures but if you look at them if you see their function it looks like an individual waking up going to work you know every once in a while they have some extracurricular activities but but embedded in their life are moments of engagement and meeting with persons open to the gospel to to just see the kingdom of God continue to expand yeah
1: yeah a store owner uh, a per- another assistant coach and in different things yeah absolutely yeah. um I'm looking at Emily like, all, all of us as missionaries, um, we have newsletters. We have times where we update our donors, update, uh, prayer warriors that are, that are helping us out. A lot of times we are able to share our stories. However, uh, for a lot of these people in creative access places, that's not as easy. And so we wanted to kind of dedicate the rest of our, uh, of our time together really to tell some of their stories in an appropriate manner that won't put them at risk. We won't share the the place of service and we won't share, uh, their names, but uh, would, would anyone like to start us? Uh, maybe just telling some of the stories of people that are, that are working so hard, so diligently, uh, but that haven't been able to tell their own stories in a very public or online way.
3: Yes, like I remember when I was in India for Third Wave, um, this youth congress, and we were able to connect with some missionary who were serving in creative access countries. Um, and they were like they didn't even say their names. Like they just had a red tag on, on their shirts. Like they, so, we knew they were from a creative access, but we couldn't know anything from them. And they had this. We had this amazing opportunity to listen how they were doing ministry, and you know, as it, it was as it was how they were doing ministry, and they were able to share how overwhelming it was for them to. To, to try to connect with people, um, because they were serving in in this country with this, this this environment that was so religious. Like that's what happened in one of uh, that's what happened in a couple of these countries. Like religion affects everything, daily activities, like ev- the way people work. The, the people talks about religious, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism. Um, these are very really strong religious so the environment is really heavy and so it was they were sharing just how hard it was for them even to to build relationship with these people um and they were saying the way they were doing evangelism sometimes it takes for them one one to two years to start a conversation about the gospel and This is how it is for them. So they they had to be like aware of the reality of the countries they they were. Um, And so the the way they were doing evangelism was just completely different. They had to build, being really intentional in building relationship. And for someone to convert, it will take at least two years.
2: Yeah, I have... um quite a few friends that are in different spaces around the world. And I remember a specific story, Natalie, even as you say, it takes like one to two years for one person to even open up that, that conversation. Um, I think a lot of people that are working in these types of spaces have to like really pray to the Lord for a lot of discernment. And they need to know when the Holy Spirit is opening up the door in order to be like, okay, we're gonna walk into this space and and you need to be a very patient Christian. You need to be an evangelist that can see where the Lord's fingerprints are before it's the actual like, so I'm gonna tell you about my best friend Jesus. (laughs) Right. Like and I, I put myself in that space and sometimes try to think you know, like my whole world is Christianity and Jesus and my worldview is Jesus and and having to constantly measure everything that I say and, and make sure that the Holy Spirit's the one that's leading in something, I think it would be difficult for me personally. I think the Lord could help me do it if he called us to a space like that. But I have a friend that uh, was in a space like that and she um, is a mom and she was telling me about there's a huge cell phone factory that was literally just like out her window She could see it. They, they lived in a, an apartment building that was like, you know, 20 feet up or 20 stories high. And, and so every day she could start to see the schedule of the workers that would come in. And, um, a lot of the workers were women. She just started to notice. And, and again, part of this goes to like, she's a missionary that's there that, um, she just has to start observing. She has to start like recognizing people's patterns and she has to find spaces where like, maybe there is something at work there and, and how can I be a part of that space? And so So she started to see that they come in at a certain time, but then they leave halfway through the day, but then they go back in and she started to make this connection of, oh, they're, they're leaving the factory for lunch. Like they have a lunch break. And, um, so she would start to try and find like just a few people like, well, so where are you going for lunch if you're not eating inside? And, and there was this area that they would, um, you know, kind of like just a picnic area that a few of them would sit down and have their lunch and then they would go back inside. Well, she decided that, um, when her kids got out of school that she was going to take them and just go... Play in the park. <laughs> she was just going to happen to be in the park and they were going to be playing there. And um, she was able to start making connections and relationships, but not immediately because at first she's just this person that's playing in the park and it's easy to ignore. But after she was there consistently for three weeks, four weeks, like she's always there, like people started to recognize that she's mom and they see how she's parenting her children and, and things like that. So, like, this organic conversation comes up of what's your name? I see you're playing with your children. So they literally just started conversations about parenting and being a mom. Well, I'm a mom too. And you know, and and it was this building of relationship that started way before even the first conversation was had. And um and honestly, in this specific instance, I'd love to be like, and the Lord started a whole church out of that. Mm-hmm. Um this specific missionary uh, had to even leave that space before she really knew if anything came out, out of it. And I think there's a lot of missionaries that work in creative access areas that have to mm. have to truly trust that they're planting a seed, that yeah. God is going to continue to bring people around to water and nurture and that it will grow into a harvest. And so I think there's stories like that, that, that they can't tell all the time and that maybe don't even sound like super interesting, right? Or super like romantic of, of this is what I'm doing, but I think that's a lot of their life is is observing the people, trying to find a rhythm, and and coming alongside and saying where can I where can I make a new friend in this space?
0: Yeah, um, the Lausanne movement has this statement, um, you know, about taking the whole the the whole church, taking the whole gospel to the whole world, mm-hmm. uh, just as a rationale for you know why would persons want to serve in these dangerous uh, many times spaces. And it's really because, you know, the kingdom of God needs to be there as well. We need the light of the kingdom there. I think I can share from the perspective of just some of the dangers um, that persons have experienced working in, in creative access countries. They have two friends in particular. Um, there is one, um, he 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 lives or he was born in the country, but he goes as a mission um, as a missionary to other parts of the country. And I was just with him a couple uh, weeks ago, and um, in our movement, there's a heavy emphasis on security. So during our gatherings, we don't take any pictures, nothing is recorded and placed online. Um, we don't share people's needs because of these realities. And he was just sharing how over the last couple of months, at least twice a week, the police come to his, comes to his house to invite him for tea. You know, just just invite come. him for they tea. For huh? him to tea, yeah. <laughs> and he means, come. Let's go to the police station and they interrogate him. You wow. know, and he was just talking about how uncomfortable life has become because it means their eyes are always on him. They're watching every move. They're tracking everything that he's doing. Mm. And 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 life for him and family has just become so uncomfortable, just because the work that he has been doing has now attracted. You know the the authorities, and I have another friend, and this story is it, like it, it blew my it blew my mind um, when they when they first heard it. A similar story. I'm growing up in a in a country uh, where he he was converted. He he read a page. He 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 got into contact with a page of the book of Luke. <laughs> he read the page, and that started his salvation experience. You know. And and they started using sports again to do phenomenal work um, in the mountains in his country. They would run these, they would run these sports camps. They had like really elite coaches, and all the children would come because of the you know the coaching experience. But then all the children would be converted to Jesus in these, in these mountains. And and one day they called him. The authorities called him and told him that they had his brother. They kidnapped his brother and told him if he doesn't come that, you know, um they'll know what would happen. And he went in, obviously because he wanted to protect his brother. And they put him on a plane and and he had to leave the country. His wife, he had his wife, his children, his business was all in the country and he was on a plane out of the country. They didn't know what happened to him and and then they they collected his family, some of his other workers, and they literally stamped in their passport spiritual terrorists so wow. so they they were categorized as spiritual terrorists wow. and and they had to leave the country and to this day they can't go back to the country um that they had to to leave, but they do like a phenomenal work around it so Working in creative access places requires a lot of creativity, but it's also a very dangerous work. Mm -hmm. And I think those of us who don't work in those spaces, you know, it's so easy to take the freedoms we have for granted. And it's so easy to forget the role we must also play in protecting them. You know, and making sure that we are very careful in our contact with them. Are we in this social media age, where everything is about tagging and taking pictures, and making sure that we don't do anything to compromise them. Um, in our sports movement back in the day, we used to we used speaking coded language, and it's good for for sports people because if you are working in a in a say you're working in a close country and say I call your country cricket and say five people got saved today. You know, you would just send me a message. Oh, we got five more new people for the cricket team this week. Yeah. You know, that's it. That's the message. But I know what you mean, you know, like, okay, persons are being saved. Uh, So just reminding us of the importance of protecting those people and doing what we can to make sure that we are not the ones who compromise what they're doing and cause ice to be on them that don't need to be. That's
1: good. That's good. Um, There are several things that we can do to help our brothers and sisters. And and I think one way, uh, you know, the most important way is just to pray. What would be some ways that we could pray specifically for our brothers and sisters, and specifically missionaries and other Christian workers that are in creative access areas?
2: I think one of the easiest prayers to pray for is just that their eyes would be be opened to the prevenient grace of what we say in the Nazarene church of where the Holy Spirit's going before them. And to be able to say, Oh, this is the space that I need to be in. And I think just be filled with a lot of peace. I think even as Dario just said, you know, they, I think they're constantly in spaces where they're double guessing. Am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right space? Is this the right person to trust? Um, And that the Holy spirit and and Jesus himself would be the prince of peace in their life. I think that Mm. would be a really great prayer for them.
3: Good. I think also we can pray. So they may experience God in different ways, despite the limitations they have in expressing their faith. Also, Um, for open doors, creativities, and new strategies for building relationship and sharing the gospel, and also for strength to deal with fear, anxiety, and even loneliness.
1: Yeah, I think uh, there was an article that we recently published on transformtheglobe.com, and a little little, um, advertisement there. You can go there for for a lot of different articles. Twice a week, we're publishing. Uh, But they said, pray for those who serve in, in these additional creative access areas. Of course, that they're kept safe from the actions of those who seek to intimidate or hamper their work. And I like these next two. Pray for increased grace and wisdom. You you both, Emily and Natalie, have kind of shared a little bit of that. Grace and wisdom and observing, right? How God is at work and, and wisdom for those who are regularly called to navigate sensitive situations. Mm-hmm. There are so many sensitive situations. I feel like in missions work anyway, but especially in those areas. Is this just tea from someone? <laughs> someone in the police? Or is this something more? I mean, obviously it seems to be something more. What can I say, what can I not say? And then this, this last one: pray that persons serving in these additional areas may be peacemakers. I had never thought about that, but may be peacemakers in very stressful and often threatening environments.
0: Yes, um, I think too. Um, we, we talk about it in the from the missionary, but I just wanted to, to remind us of persons who are born in those countries who are converted in those countries and who they who commit to a life of of ministry and mission and and sometimes for those persons the threat is different to the to the missionary who comes in Um, i have a friend a personal friend who who to this day you know because of the her parents they they grew up in one religion she converted to christianity Her parents know that she has converted to Christianity, but they never share that publicly in her parents' community because of the shame that it would bring on her parents. So she moved to another city, but her parents, even though they know of her conversion, she is constantly protecting or trying to avoid it, becoming public knowledge of her conversion because of the backlash it would bring on her parents. Mm. <laughs> so so persons who live in the country, who are converted and remain in the country, um, also have to find these creative ways to share the gospel, but sometimes the threat is a bit different for them because they are indigenous. Mm. Uh, so I think just remembering those persons in prayer as well, the locals who are who are equally committed um to share the gospel and be missional in those
1: contexts. Thank you for saying that. Some of them are even disowned by their own family. And and, I mean, we must pray for these people with the courage that it takes to follow Jesus in these circumstances. Occasionally we end our time together. And uh, remember, we're going to be together just for two more episodes in this iteration of, of the worthless servants podcast, We'll tell you more in the coming coming days about that, um, the coming episodes. Uh, but occasionally we end with prayer, uh, and I think Emily, would you be willing to end us in prayer and pray specifically for these brothers and sisters of ours, and 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 missionaries and workers that are in creative access areas. What a better way! There's no better way to to I think end. Uh, we don't want to just inform with, Mm. with this podcast. We, we really want to transform and, and part of that comes through, through intercession and through prayer. So Emily, would you guide us?
2: Yeah, let's pray. Father, we come before you in this moment in time, and we are grateful for a conversation that you've given us here on this podcast. And I pray that the words that have been said, the stories that have been shared would go deep into the hearts and the minds and souls of anybody that's listening to it in this day. We place before you the workers that you've called to your har- harvest fields that are in persecuted church areas. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen your servants. I pray that even as I've been listening to this conversation, Paul's words have been just filling my mind with all of the letters that he wrote to the church of just stand firm and and persist. And uh, the 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 devil is is prowling around and looking to just uh, devour and destroy and. We can take those words for ourselves and even more so for a church that's persecuted. Lord, I pray that you would give them strength today. I pray that they would feel your presence in a new and tangible way. I pray that you would intersect the path of these missionaries that you've placed all around the world, Lord, that you would give them an opportunity to share about the goodness of God and the grace that you offer us. I pray that there would be people that their hearts are um, opened up to thinking, even in the spirituality that they currently practice, that there's just something missing or, or there's something more that probably that, that they know or that there's something that you have created that they don't know yet. And so I pray that when they come into contact with somebody from your church, that they would desire that testimony. I pray that you would create safe spaces to share. I pray that you would give your missionaries the courage to share. I pray that you would strengthen your national churches as they continue to grow up in your love and we just thank you for a moment in time where we can bring them before you once again. I pray that it wouldn't be a one-time conversation. I pray that you would call people even listening to this Lord uh, to those spaces. I pray that there would be people that are like, I didn't even know that type of missionary work existed and I I think I was created for that. And so I pray that you would give us a heart of obedience even in the midst of difficulty to say yes. Thank you Lord for what you're doing in our world. We believe that you are at work. We believe that you have everything under your control and we are simply servants of you saying, "Here I am, send me." Thank you Lord for allowing us to be a part of your your service to the world. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you for ending that prayer, Emily. Really for praying for workers for the harvest. We pray that there would be people from our region mm. and from around the world that would answer the call, not just to maybe go uh, right next door, uh, that is certainly where we start, but to go to these places yeah. that are most difficult. Well, you can contact us and you can get a hold of us at uh, mesoamericagenesis.org. And certainly we are on social media under the Worthless Servants. Um, but for now, we are the Worthless Servants. And I'm Scott Armstrong.
2: I'm Natalie Franco. I'm Emily Armstrong.
0: And I'm Barrio Richards.
1: And we will talk with you next time.
0: For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.